Since the beginning of the church, persecution has been part of the Christian experience. In fact, the Bible tells us that all who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. Today, an estimated 360 million Christians are living under severe religious restriction. On this podcast, we share their stories. And we answer the question, how can American Christians live as Christ in an increasingly hostile culture? The way of the persecuted is the harder way. And this is the Harder Way podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm still Scott. And I'm still Maddie. And welcome back to the Harder Way podcast. And people are still living life the harder way. And some people, a lot of people are not. Most people probably are not, unfortunately. I was watching a video of this guy up in Canada. uh, And it was, uh, you know, uh, true, true story, folks. Whenever I see a video, before I make a comment on it or even form an idea on it, I send it to Maddie. And I say, True. can you investigate this for me? Because she she knows all of the young person investigation stuff, and she zips through the internet and finds out the real tea. And on. to be fair, I did take a media criticism class in college, so, you know, yeah, you got that there m- you go. Mass media communication yeah. <laughs> degree. So I'm basically an expert. On Pretty much right in there. That's a good child psychology class once in junior college, so I know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so... I'm watching this guy. So first, I here's what I see. I see this guy, and he's being hauled off by the police from this protest. And his his buddy's going, oh, man, that's what are you doing? They're persecuting you because of Jesus. And he's like... Because I you're left, giving out Bibles. I, yeah, I left Bibles for you, man. I left Bibles behind. There's Bibles for you guys, right? And I'm thinking, holy cow. Because things, let's be honest, things aren't great in Canada. And... They are much. They are a, quite a few steps down the the persecution road. If you if you guys remember the persecution scale that we've talked about a few times, Canada is definitely a few notches uh, ahead. Yeah, they're they're running ahead of us for sure. And so I thought, wow, this is really happening. Well, ask Maddie first to to investigate this. So you investigated, and what'd you find? So what I found out was that this guy was not being. Uh, taken away because he was handing out Bibles. Because the way that it was being presented online was that he was peacefully handing out Bibles and, you know, the RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, uh, the RCMP Just sounds cool, came, doesn't it? It does. Uh, came and arrested him because he was handing out Bibles. But there's a lot more to the story than that. Um, this guy went out and was actually doing a public protest about some of the gender issues going on in Canada, similar to what we have going on here. Uh, there were then counter-protesters, people who were protesting in favor of these kind of new gender ideologies. And the protests began to get very out of hand, both on uh this guy's side and on the counter protesters side to where it was basically almost becoming a riot and there were physical altercations that were happening and it was becoming very much not a peaceful assembly at some point during this this guy was saying oh yeah you guys just need to take these bibles like as part of his protest and then of course there were some horrible things going on with the counter protesters um trying to light the bibles on fire very you know very i didn't know about the bible fires. yeah very disrespectful very very hard to see as a christian 
Um, but when the RCMP came, they took this guy away. Um, I can't say why or why not they chose to take him away as opposed to the counter-protesters, but they took him away uh, as a means of diffusing what was basically becoming a riot, and there were two sides to it, and they took this guy away. Um, and as he was leaving, you know, he's yelling basically, they're arresting me because I was handing out Bibles. They're arresting me because I was handing out Bibles. But that's not actually what happened. So, so here's the thing. This dude is lying. Yes, actually. And if he's, he's at least, if, if, he's, if he's not lying intentionally to everybody else, he's lying to himself. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, you know, I remember when one of your sisters was older and she said, Do, can you get kicked out of places for trying to hand out gospel tracts? And I said, let's go find out. So we went to the mall and, uh, and I had gospel tracts. These were so cool that I didn't have to hand them out. People just asked me for them. And uh, they were That's like, cool. yeah, and they would. And so I just walked to the mall. People were like, can I have one of those? And I was just sure. And I never even offered one to anybody. They just asked me for them. And we got, I think we made it 10 minutes in the mall before they kicked us out. And that's back when malls were like much more populated than they are nowadays. All yeah. the stores are full, lots of people. So, um, so, but we weren't going to look for trouble. We were just kind of looking for answers. And when they said leave, we said, well, okay. You know, yeah. if, you, if you don't want us here, kick the dust off our feet and leave. And that's Jesus's counsel, mm-hmm. right? So I look at these guys, this guy, and I'm like, "Bro, what are you doing? Why are you going in and picking a fight?" Like, I yes, anybody with one eye and half a brain can read the Bible and know that we're going to have some issues with a lot of the things that are going on today. Right. Absolutely. But our war is not going to be one in the street. No. It's not going to be one going out and picking a fight. Our war is going to be one on our knees. Yes, through prayer, right? absolutely. And unfortunately, from the research that I had done, this guy definitely has a history of doing things like this and spinning the situations to make it appear that he's being persecuted for being a Christian. And this is something that we've talked about a lot on this show, which is that being persecuted uh, when we talk about the, you know, we say benefits of being persecuted. What are those positives that come out of it? How does God use it? That is when people are being persecuted for his namesake, when people are being persecuted for righteousness sake. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people right now who are going out basically seeking to be persecuted and they're being persecuted for their political stances. They're being persecuted for uh, doing things in an aggressive or violent way. They're being persecuted for, um, for, for things that are not related to the gospel, not related to being a Christian. They're not being persecuted for Jesus's namesake. They're being persecuted for their political party's namesake or their ideology's namesake. And so that's, you know, that's hard to see, but it's important that we make that distinction because not every person who appears to be persecuted or appears to be a martyr is really being persecuted for the sake of Christ, especially right now. Mm. You know, years ago, I used to be really involved in uh, the martial arts world. You know that. Mm-hmm. And Here's a little thing about martial arts people don't know. A lot of times people come in because they want to learn to fight. But, but by the time they actually learn how to fight, they don't want to fight anymore. Because hmm. they're not afraid anymore. And they're not going out and looking for trouble. 
And I think the same, they just, they're like, yeah, I can fight, but I don't want to fight. And then now the mm-hmm. same person that was like, boy, I'm going to get my black belt. I'm going to go out and whoop on some folks. That same person is now, uh, after getting their black belt, they're like, I don't really want to fight anybody. And I, and then you can call them all kinds of names and stuff and they'll just walk away. They, they really mm-hmm. can't be drawn into it in the same way. Yeah. Well, look, transpose that to this guy in Canada. If he would grow in Jesus and mature in his faith, he would, uh, he would not be going out and looking for a fight. He would be acting like a black belt in his Christianity and saying, I don't want to fight anybody. If you attack someone I love, I will stand with them. But I'm not going to go, you know, and in the, in the spiritual equivalent of that is like with Peter. If you call him and, and John, if you call me before the Sanhedrin, I'm going to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go kick the front door of the Sanhedrin down and say, you're going to listen to the truth right now. I'm going to let the Lord provide the opportunity. Well, and it's actually... Does my example make sense? It makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to the people listening because that's what's (laughs) most important. But it's interesting that you bring up that example, though, because if we look at the life of Peter, he was somebody that definitely was trying to live the harder way, was somebody that um, we can see choosing the harder way, but also that we can see many times throughout Scripture stumbling and choosing the easy way. Yeah, you can see clearly in his life where he failed on the three temptations: the the fight, the, fight, the flee, flee, and the compromise. compromise. So when did he when did he fight? Well, I think for any of us who are who are even somewhat familiar with scripture, that one immediately comes to mind, which is when uh, he cut off the the officer's ear, the Rome right. the Roman soldier's ear, Malchus. Malchus. And I'm just going to share this because I'm probably the only one, but in case I'm not. No, I, I've been thinking on what this. Have you been thinking about this? I've heard this story so many times, okay, about Peter cutting off Malchus's ear, okay? And for my whole life, I was trying to understand why he would just choose to cut this guy's ear off. Why was what was there like a sim a symbol in there? Was it a symbolic thing? What was the point of him trying to cut his ear off? He who has an ear, let him hear. <laughs> and then uh, it was just. Uh, one day it clicked, oh, he was trying to kill this guy. He was going for the guy's neck and he caught the ear. He swung that sword He at swung him. the sword at the guy's head and he caught the ear. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, makes it even a little stronger realizing, you know, it, it seems like he was he was looking to draw blood. He was looking to do some, some serious bodily harm there, not just take the guy's ear as a warning, mm-hmm. right? And maybe I'm the only one who thought okay, that. Well, but I, okay, but I thought you were going to go to this other place, which is when you read the Gospels... Uh, it's only John that mentions it was Peter. Oh, yeah, okay. we were talking about Check this this, this morning. <laughs> it's also John. It's also John that mentions that he that he's the one that outran Peter on the way to Jesus' tomb, right? This is a little secret knowledge for you guys. The only reason that John wrote his gospel, even though Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they'd pretty much covered it all, he really needed people to know that he was the fastest of all of the disciples, and he was the one that Jesus loved the most. Oh, I was going to say that next, yeah. <laughs> he, he, always, he referred and to And by himself. the way, Peter was the one who cut off the guy's ear. Yeah, he's like, yeah, all of that, okay? Now, now wait, wait. I'm going to take it one step further. I've been thinking about this today okay so is that a foreshadow of the great schism of cutting because you've got peter and the church you know the roman catholic church says that they're built jesus is, it says that peter is the rock and they'll build this church upon the rock right yeah right so you got the roman catholic church and the orthodox church sees themselves as coming from john 
Oh, that's actually kind of funny. So you got this, like, the pre- foreshadow of the great schism of in the history. Gospel of John. That's actually kind of it's kind not, of funny. That's it's not, not factual. It's just funny to think about because we're nerds. And yeah. also, we, you know, there are many very important reasons why the book of John was written. Just in case there's anybody out here that yes. was taking that too seriously. Yes. Uh, it was actually specifically to address a lot of the heresies in the early church that were going on. And really uh, clarify and that Jesus was divine. Was fully God and fully, fully man. man. Oh, so yeah, really, that. really important things. Seven but also signs, just, seven just a couple of those little funny yeah. things too. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, but you know, going back to going back to Peter, um, so he he fought. We see that mm-hmm. you know in Gethsemane, cuts off the Malchus's ear. We see him flee. Right. We see him. What we you know we've heard you've heard this phrase on this podcast before, which is crypto Christian. Right. Basically, go under the radar, kind of act like you're not a Christian. You know, what was Peter denying Christ three times, if not Peter being a crypto-Christian? I never heard of him. If you watch any cartoons, you know that they have Scottish accents. <laughs> well, because here's here's the rule about media. If something happened a long time ago, everyone had British accents. And if you want to differentiate that someone is not necessarily from a specific place, you give them a Scottish accent. Now you know. And because the Bible talks about uh, someone saying they couldn't understand Peter, mm-hmm. for some reason... Because he was from Galilee yes, and they talked funny. For some reason, people have decided that in any movies, all the disciples have British accents except Peter has a Scottish accent. <laughs> anyway, again, we're nerding out. But the fair point is we, we said he fought, we said he fled... Uh, but when he denied Christ, mm-hmm. and then and then Jesus restores him. Yes, right. Both you, times with the "Do you love me?" thing, and you know we can get into all of the the agape and phileo and all the Greek words and stuff. And some think that we make too much out of that; others think we don't. Um, we don't need to go into that, but there is a difference there. And he, he, you know, Jesus, Peter's like, "Yeah, I, I love you." Jesus restores him three times. Peter denied Christ three times. Peter, mm-hmm. Jesus asks, "Did you love me?" Okay. So then we see them waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in the church. Peter's preaching powerfully. The other disciples are preaching powerfully. The church is growing like crazy. They're doing miracles. Mm-hmm. Right? And remember, incredible miracles. Incredible miracles. Raising people back from the dead. Right? Like right. crazy stuff. Then, then we see Peter, before the, he gets called before the Sanhedrin with John, and he's like, look, you guys crucified the Messiah, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, this is our history. You crucified the Messiah. He was bold in his, mm-hmm. in, in his witness. Refused to stop spreading the gospel. Right. Refused. Re- refused to compromise. Refused. So you've seen this. Yeah. He's getting built up bigger and bigger, and then he goes to jail. Mm-hmm. He's so confident in the Lord, he's not even sweat sweating it in jail. He's like sleeping between two guards. How could you right. sleep the night before you're going to be... Knowing you're going to be Because uh, James, James had just been executed the yeah. same way, and he was next. Mm-hmm. The Lord delivers him. And after that, what happens? After that, we see him succumbing to that third temptation, which is the temptation to compromise. So, so wait, wait, real quick. He's, he's fought. He's fled. He's been restored. He's been inspired and filled. He's done miracles. He's seen miracles. He's lived miracles. He's been delivered delivered from the hand of the government. Mm-hmm. And now he's compromising. compromising. And this is where we see uh, him basically 
uh, acquiescing to the desires of what we call the circumcision group, the Judaizers, those who were saying that um, in order to be a Christian, you needed to convert to Judaism first, become circumcised, do all that stuff before you could actually be a Christian. Now, they were wrong. But you can see the logic. Like you can see if you're thinking of things through a fleshly point of view, it seems logical. But it wasn't. That wasn't what God wanted them to do. Peter is like now separating himself from the Gentile believers and mm-hmm. from the Gentiles in general, and and uh, and now. And he knew that he wasn't supposed to do that, and that's the important part. It wasn't just out of ignorance. Right. He was aware that. Uh, you know that that was not how it was supposed to be, mm-hmm. but was saying, you know, I. Go along to get along, basically. Right. And then Paul, Apostle Paul, good old Paul, comes around and gives Peter an earful. Yeah, it, it was something, <laughs> it would be something like this. Dude, are you serious? Are you, <laughs> Pretty much. Are you serious? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it was that was that that's the California Valley version, but it's, hey, yeah. dude, are you serious? And then, and then Paul would aggro on him. So, um, yeah, it was... Paul really straightened him out there. Peter's said again, and we see, and we know that in Peter's life, he obviously got back on course. Yes, because after this is when he uh, wrote the book of First Peter. And here's an, what's interesting to think about is that Peter is throughout his life. We see in the very beginning, the first thing that he does that we see uh, as reading the Gospels is he chooses the harder way. He chooses to leave his things behind and follow Jesus. Right, walk in faith. Yes, walking in faith. We see him uh, we see him being part of these amazing miracles. Then we see him, you know, choosing to fight, right? Before Jesus Even before is, that though, he's like, "Lord, you know, if you're going to die, I'm going with you." Yes. He's he's like, "I'm mm-hmm. I'm in." The Lord's like, "You can't do that." But I mean, that's his that's his that's heart. That's his heart. And that still we see him fight. Then we see him flee. But of course, we see him then being restored. And we see all of these amazing things happening. And then we see him compromise. But then through that, he ends up writing, you know, what we call First Peter, to Christians that are being persecuted. And First Peter is one of the most critical texts uh, that we can look to in regards to how do we live as Christians in an increasingly hostile culture. Well, so he goes through it and he's the one he's messing up, right? He fights, he flees, he compromises. And then he's writing first Peter and he's basically, which is basically kind of the training manual for how to live the harder way in a, in a, in a, in a sense. It really is. And you know, so he wrote that book, that, that epistle, that letter to the churches that were in, uh, kind of on the south side of the Black Sea in modern-day Turkey, and they were going, uh, would be Asia Minor, they were going through a serious season of persecution because at that time, persecution, most of the time, persecution was scattered and moved around. It wasn't all it wasn't everywhere all the time. It was in different levels, different intensities, in different places. And right now, this group was going through it. Peter writes to him, right off the bat, he's like, know who you are mm-hmm. and knows, know whose you are. Then know who you are in Christ. I mean, that's really his 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 uh his formula and i think that's where if you look back at peter's failures peter had an identity crisis he he forgot mm-hmm. who for moments who, who he was. was and whose he was and so that's the first thing that he's reminding uh them, the, them of. yeah it's chapters one and two of of uh first peter and that's what our canadian buddy needs to know 
He right. needs to know who he is and whose and he whose is. he is. And he needs to know he's a he is a member of a holy nation. He's he's part of a royal priesthood. You know he has a divine calling to be an ambassador for Christ. He is um, he is a, a a light in the darkness. He is living his life as Christ and becoming like Christ. And or as he, what should be doing. That's I mean that's what he sh- that's who that's what he should be doing. What we all should. We all should exactly. Mm-hmm. Rather than going out and picking fights and protesting, and I think, I think after that, right? Because we see him, we see Peter writing First uh, Peter, and then we. I know didn't see that. You saw him do that in my mind. In your mind. I did. Uh, and then we ended up, we end up, we see that Peter uh, ends up being martyred, which mm. is really the the ultimate harder way it's being met with okay you're going to stop doing what you're doing you're going to deny christ you're going to you know worship caesar basically and do all you know or we're going to kill you we're going to crucify you Mm. and he chose in that moment that he was not going to fight he was not going to flee he was not going to compromise he was going to give up his life for the sake of the gospel for the for the sake of the name of christ and it's very interesting because he was crucified, and historically, uh, this obviously is not in the Bible, but historically it's believed that he was crucified upside down. Mm-hmm. And the reason they say that he was crucified upside down is because it's believed that he said that he was not worthy to die in the same manner in which Jesus did. Wow. Which I think is really amazing. And I want to just touch on something really quick. Which is that in the beginning, when when Peter is called and as he's he's first journeying with Jesus, Jesus gives him this name of Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Well, of Cephas and, and Peter, right. which is the rock, right? And he's right. like, and I'm on this rock, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Jesus knew that Peter was going to try to fight. Jesus knew that Peter was going to try to flee. Jesus knew that Peter was going to try to compromise. And yet, he still chose to use him in these amazing ways. He still was aware of Peter's love for him, of Peter's heart, Mm. and had that relationship with him. Because Peter was one of that inner three. You know, Peter, James, and John, beyond just the, the greater group of the 12 disciples. And I think that's important for us because at times we're all going to succumb to those three temptations in small ways or in big ways. We're all going to stumble and do that. And it's easy for us when we do that to say, oh, now God's angry at me. Oh, now I'm I'm in this terrible place and I'm never going to be right with God again. But remember that Jesus chose, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church upon this rock. To somebody who denied him three times. To somebody who compromised on those gospel beliefs and chose to go along to get along. To somebody that chose uh, violence over over being uh, peaceable. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think that uh, we have to hold on to the understanding that um, um, we, as you said, we stumble in these same ways and our mm-hmm. and our brother in Canada who's struggling right now 
That's what he needs. He needs to connect with Jesus and let Jesus heal and direct him. When I stumble, when I am tempted to fight or I flee or I compromise, uh, even in the smallest ways or in whatever ways, that's my resolution is mm-hmm. Jesus. Because if I go to him, I grab him. You know, it's like the woman who had the issue of blood. She had this idea. If I can just touch the hem of his robe. Mm. If I can just touch the, not even touch him, just the hem of his robe, I will be healed. And she uh, touched the hem of Jesus' robe, and Jesus is like, all these people were bumping him and touching him, and uh, and she was healed. He was like, well, I felt the power go out of me. Who touched me? And he, and he knew who touched him, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, I think that that's just a really a, a powerful truth for all of us is to know that we just need to touch the hem of his robe. That's what we all, I mean, that's what we all need, right? Because mm-hmm. it only takes that one encounter with Jesus. Yeah. And that's what changes everything. Yeah. The first one and then a whole Every, bunch of... Everyone after. Yeah. So, you know, this is the, the best way we can reach and connect with Jesus is through his word. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we are so uh, committed to getting Bibles to uh, Christians who can't get them to the persecuted church. And... Uh, to getting those who can get them to open them up, read them, and do what it says. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, so those are really our, our, our priorities. And uh, again, if you uh, if you want to uh, get our, our newsletter where we uh, t- share the stories and the, and the wisdom of the persecuted church, uh, it's called the Courier Update, and you can just uh, send us your uh, send us an email to uh, nations for jc Nations for JC, that's nations, the number four, the letter J, the letter C, at gmail.com. Nations for JC at gmail.com. Yeah, what she said. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll just we'll send you a, a little a form to fill out, and then you can just fill it out, and we'll get and we'll get that thing mailed to your mailbox. Yes. Yeah. Personal, informa- personal information. Information to uh, your mailbox that you are not going to find anywhere else you're not because we have our niche our little our focus Mm -hmm. and nobody else is doing exactly what we're doing Mm -hmm. nobody else is talking to the people we're talking to Mm -hmm. um we have our own you know folks that so we're going to we're giving you their stories stories you're not going to get anywhere else and their truths truths you're not going to get exact in the exact same way from anywhere else and Mm -hmm. we that's our mission is to bridge the free and restricted churches uh and uh, really to get the word uh, and the wisdom flowing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, So if you'd like to be a part of that, go ahead and email us. And we will see you all next week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Harder Way podcast. If you were encouraged by this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review. To be the first to know when we publish new episodes, subscribe to the Harder Way podcast on your favorite platform. Until next time, Remember the words of Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.